five, 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome to the new season of the Top 5 Film Dive. I am your host, as always, Mr. Kurt Morrison, coming to you live from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And on today's episode, we discuss this week's big release, Moonfall, directed by disaster specialist himself, Mr. Roland Emmerich. But first, I would like to introduce a newcomer to the show, a guest and a new friend, Mr. Eric Sigmund of At Sigmund Cinema. How are you, my man? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on, man. Thank you so much. I'm glad we got to link up. I I, uh, I linked up with you last week in the League of Cinephiles uh, <laughs> trivia contest, which was a blast. Um, guys, if you if you guys haven't seen it, there's a link up on YouTube for our match and basically the tournament that both Eric and I were part of with Mr. Alex Helmer uh, at the helm. Uh, and he's basically put together this, this big, giant 16-person movie trivia tournament. Uh, and I would call this season two of what uh, Alex has been up to. But yeah, we had a blast on that. And uh, I reached out to Eric and, and I wanted to talk to him about some uh, some new stuff coming out lately. And um, how you been? Everything's going well with the podcast and the page. I see the page is busy as ever for you. Oh, yeah. Hanging in there. And um, yeah. yep, just let the passion drive and let yeah, the man. passion drive you and everything else fall into place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Passion equals creativity. That's my big oh, thing. Yeah. Um so how, when did you start your page? Uh, a couple of years ago, was it? Was it pre-pandemic um, or during the pandemic? So um, it depends on which one you're talking about. The Twitter is okay. less, well, it's about a year old. Um, okay, okay. People bugged me to get on there. My Instagram page yes. actually is about um, 10 years old. Oh, is it really? Wow. No, actually, no, that's 2013 or nine okay. years. Coming <laughs> it's 2022. But I didn't actually get hard with my, um, with the film until yeah. about 2015. Cool. So okay. it was just random before that random post of food and nunchucks and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. Cool, man. Cool. Yeah, I know. And then that's essentially how we kind of found each other, right? Was through the League of Cinephile stuff. And we've been oh, yeah. uh, going back and forth for the last couple of weeks here. Um, and now with every new guest on the pod, I put you into <laughs> the top five dive, which is a little uh, insight into the mind of Eric and all of his favorites. So I'm going to start off with uh, favorite actor. Favorite actor. Well, besides myself, um, <laughs> you can humble, see me. Humble, I see. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, my favorite actor. I just actually watched him. Um, you asked me about this. Yeah. Um, the Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, oh, Denzel yeah. Washington is my favorite actor of all time. Nice. Nice. How was Tragedy of Macbeth, by the way? Stop and watch uh, well, I just finished it. I loved it. Yeah, it's um. I don't know if it's a bias because that's my favorite um mm -hmm. Shakespeare um thing. Read that and was introduced to it in elementary school and fell in love with it. And yeah, and I hit the roof when I found out that Denzel and um Joe Cohen yeah and was doing it. So yeah, no, I loved it. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I've still yet to do my best of twenty twenty one list, and and I feel like that's gonna be the one that kind of sneaks in there last second. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's funny because I've done done a best of twenty one best of twenty twenty one list with uh, mm -hmm. a, a friend of ours from the league, uh, Mister McNeil Mulliken. Um, but there's a few movies that I've seen since I, I even did the list for him. So, anyways, moving along, favorite actress. Favorite actress is mm. Miss Streep, Meryl Streep. Hey, all right, all Meryl right. Streep. Yeah. yeah. Favorite director. 
Favorite director, Scorsese, Martin Scorsese. Oh, yeah, buddy. This is why we're friends, man. That's why we get along. We're the seasoned <laughs> vets. Uh, favorite genre? Favorite genre. This is um, probably the hardest out of the five, but mm-hmm. I would probably have to say, uh, I don't know, is it a cheat if I say action adventure? No, 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 no. Hey, man, <laughs> the, the world is your oyster, especially, and you'll realize as we get to our topic that every <laughs> answer is flexible and to your liking. And last but not least, what are your favorite, what is your favorite film or favorite films? Maximum of three answers. Maximum. Well, you give me the three, I'm going to take it. Good, um, good. Pulp Fiction. Okay. Oh, just got on 4K, man. It's so good. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's wonderful. Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, next two would have to be Back to the Future. Really? Cool. Um, All right. And the last one will have to be, um, it's a biopic mm-hmm. by one of my um, other favorite directors, Spike Lee. It's Malcolm mm-hmm. X. Fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. Oh, my God. Haven't seen it in years. I got to go back yeah. and watch that. So Denzel at his finest, ladies and gentlemen. So, Oh, yeah. So that now brings us to today's episode, which circles around what could be this weekend's big release, uh, maybe big release, uh, Moonfall. Now, a lot of people haven't heard of this movie. Uh, You and I are are quite the cinema goers, uh, Eric. So we've probably seen the trailers a bunch of times. Uh, Moonfall is coming to us from director Rowan Emmerich, whose claim to fame is 26 years old as of last year. I should, pardon me, as I should say, as of this year, uh, which is Independence Day, right? Independence Day was oh, one of the yeah. most successful films of the 1990s, kind of was the, uh, I would say, the reinvention of the alien invasion film and put this guy on the map as like the disaster slash uh, big budget destruction film. All right. The film's going into a big competition weekend with the fourth entry in the Jackass franchise, Jackass Forever. Uh, something that will be discussed later on this week on the show. But Moonfall comes to us with a monumental $140 million budget, making it one of the most expensive, independently produced films of all time. Um, here's the premise, ladies and gentlemen. So brilliant stuff here. Phenomenal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the moon is knocked from its orbit by an unknown force and put onto a collision course with Earth. Two astronauts and a conspiracy theorist work together to attempt to avert disaster and discover that the moon is not what it seems. So fucking <laughs> stellar stuff here. Uh, stellar cast as well, no pun intended. Uh, Holly Berry, Patrick Wilson, Michael Pena, and Donald Sutherland. Four Oscar nominees. Uh, uh, sorry, four Oscar nominees, I should say. Yeah, uh, One Oscar winner in that. Uh, shout out to Toronto's very own Mr. Donald Sutherland. Uh, Eric, first question. Is this oh, film yeah. going to be a massive hit? Or a box office flop? Man, uh, you know what? (laughs) I think it is going to be, I'm cheating, go with the gray area. I think (laughs) it's going to make something respectful. I don't think it's going to be a huge hit. I think people want to laugh more. Yeah. And people are going to flock more to jackass. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's what's going to cut down that gross for a moonfall. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 100% I agree. So... I think it, it's, I know it's being financed by a, an Asian company, by a Chinese company. So I think, and, and this actually leads me to my next question with you is we were talking about beforehand, um, the, the kind of total global box office. I don't think it's going to do really well here. Like, I think it's actually probably going to be abysmal, um, especially going <laughs> up against Jackass. Yeah. But I think that overseas tally is going to be huge, man. Like it's going to make like four or $500 million overseas in like mm-hmm. the Asian countries. Um, and again, that like as long as films are making money, they're making money, right? They, they'll right. end up breaking even, if not, you know, double. Uh, I think long term. 
So yeah, Mr. Roland Emmerich, we will see if, uh, again, it's a swing and a miss or it's another uh, home run for you there, buddy. So that jumps us into today's topic at hand, ladies and gentlemen, and there are great science fiction films, uh, a topic we've discussed here in a past episode on the Top 5 Film Dive, you know, Alien, Aliens, Interstellar, 2001 A Space Odyssey, debatable, um, (laughs) but I'm not here to discuss that with Eric today. Um, Blade Runner, hey, even Independence Day, right? Directed by Mr. Roland Emmerich, who uh, is our front man for this weekend's Moonfall. But we're taking it to the opposite side of the spectrum, kids, which I have aptly named the garbage sci-fi category. (laughs) Now, what does that mean, you might be asking? Kurt, films that are so dumb, astronomically bad or poorly written, that they're usually universally panned by most fans or critics, but they're so goddamn entertaining to watch that somehow, some way, they've become staples of the genre and are things that we were able to go back and rewatch. So that's before we start, my good sir. Um, no, no. <laughs> it's gonna there's a hopefully it's gonna be a fun topic. Well, yeah, it's no way it can't be. I can't. <laughs> totally, man. I think so. I think so. And like, you know, have you watched actually here's my other question. Have you rewatched mm-hmm. Independence Day lately? Uh, the most recently I've watched that one is probably a year ago. Same, same. I think I watched yeah. it like mid pandemic, maybe even like 2020. And yeah, revisiting mm, some um God, old movies. It holds up. <laughs> like it's still so damn entertaining. Like it's mm-hmm. so good. And like again, I would say that that's like on like the the better side and like the more like universally loved and and um oh, kind of yeah, like holds up. I would say like even the special effects and and the um uh the action per se. Uh, maybe not the 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 finale of it where it's just a computer virus, but that's not here to be discussed <laughs> anyways. <laughs> but I want you to start off for me, buddy, uh, and start the countdown off. I want you to give me your number five, sir, when it comes to garbage sci-fi. <laughs> All right. So here we go. <laughs> Is the George Lucas produced <laughs> technically first Marvel live action movie, <laughs> 1986's Howard the Duck. Oh, <laughs> yes. oh my friend we are gonna get along famously this <laughs> i honestly i didn't know where you're going for a minute there and i was like is he talking about thx or whatever the hell it's called <laughs> oh man get into howard the duck ladies and gentlemen if you haven't seen howard the duck buckle up for this okay oh my god what's man. there not to say about howard the duck um God, when was the last time you saw that one? Um, I saw that recently. Um, they released the yeah. 4K. Did they? And um, oh yeah, I got the um I wanted to get the steel book. I'm a steel yeah. book guy for those yeah. of you, but I got the regular um slip cover 4K and it looks great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the God. movie itself is not great, but <laughs> <laughs> the picture and the sound yeah. looks great. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I saw that about a a, a month ago, and I oh, was man. just watching my favorite scenes, but it's 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 horrible, but it's an it's a nostalgia thing with yeah. me and yeah, yeah. Like wow, uh, all types of confused feelings seeing this the beautiful Leah Thompson coming on to a <laughs> to That's an cool. alien duck. Yeah, yeah. Um, who plays the bad guy who ends up uh oh my gosh, uh Jeffrey Jeffrey Jones. Jeffrey Jones, thank you. I was gonna say Jeffrey mm-hmm. Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Jones, yeah, he was actually one of yeah. the uh the, the, from- the um he was one of the faces that came up on somebody's League of Cinephiles uh, oh, actor wow. challenge a couple of days ago. And I, I couldn't remember the guy's name. It wasn't during our match, but it was during no. somebody else's. And I was like, that's Howard the Duck, baby. That's that's how I know Jeffrey Jones. So 
Wow. Good first pick. All right, cool guy. guys. If you haven't seen Howard the Duck, I'm 99% sure that it's somewhere on YouTube. Check it out. It's so out in left field and like, unlike any Marvel property you'll ever watch. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go a little bit more recent. Uh, I do have, I do have a pick that's, that's a mid eighties pick later. And, and I'm excited to talk about that. Talk to you about that one. Um, mine is a whopping $200 million time travel movie that literally could have been written by Roland Emmerich. Um, <laughs> It's supposed to be a big tent pole summer blockbuster. Got sold off by Paramount in the middle of the mm. pandemic. Uh, and this film literally is the definition of what I mean by like, hey, this movie should be shit, but I love it. <laughs> I actually ended up giving it a B plus on my show last year uh, and watched it again since. Uh, it's The Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt. Um, on paper, it's like the trashiest of like sci-fi. It takes just aspects of uh, films like The Terminator and mm -hmm. aliens and war of the worlds and just mishmashes it together and then adds some like overly dramatic and like i will admit i cried father daughter dynamic that pl takes place in two different time periods and oh goddamn sold sold <laughs> I, great movie if you guys haven't seen it and i think everybody in the world saw it last summer when it came out but the tomorrow war is just like it it's just like a good sci-fi action steaming turd of a movie and like i love it yeah. i absolutely love it so have you seen it i have yeah definitely what do you think about it <laughs> basically um everything you said i agree with <laughs> is um yeah. so movies like this mm -hmm. um the movies that are i guess mm -hmm. what you would call bad in the i guess the critic yeah. world the spectrum yeah but this movie i think what makes movies like this work is it knows what it is. It's not trying to be anything else. Well said. Just trying to be good at what is giving you. And yep. I think it does a great job at that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, and man. Chris Pratt is, you know, Chris Pratt. Um, yeah. His charisma could, you know, you'd be trapped in a room for a whole movie and you'll just be drawn yeah. to him. And he has that. Uh, he is a leading man and um, he's a great choice for this movie. And it's entertaining. Um, the effects are for the most part uh, pretty good really 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 good that's what yeah. i found kind of jumped out man is <laughs> like the special effects are phenomenal especially when the time travel element happens oh yeah um but, but well said man that that sentiment about about pratt is perfectly said like he's one of the few guys that like i'll watch anything he does yeah uh because he's charismatic and like he's just he's got that kind of like leading man it factor uh and we shall see what's coming up next because they're in the midst <laughs> of filming uh guardians three so oh, yeah uh eric uh, sir what is your number four we're chugging along here all right so mine my number four is an older one okay Ooh, all right all right older than the howard the duck uh well not older it's from 1989 <laughs> okay and this is interesting <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. we're gonna see about people's knowledge so yeah um there's something that happens um usually every year um for the most part it's usually with two movies but this is rare within a 12-month period around mm -hmm. this time there was one two three four movies mm -hmm. that were basically about the same thing so there was the abyss mm -hmm. deep star six um there was something in the deep but the fourth movie is the my number four movie starring um peter weller better yeah. best known for robocop robocop yeah and this movie is leviathan from 1989 yo you're uh, killing me with these picks right now i love <laughs> it man horror I... movie about um 
you know, underwater uh, engineers or drillers or whatever they were, but they come in contact with a, a monster designed by the great Stan Winston. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if I'm wrong about that, correct me, but I believe it was designed by him. But yep. him, and um, oh yeah, of course, my boy, um, everyone's favorite Ghostbuster, um, Ernie Hudson, is in the movie. Yes, sir. And he has one of the most awesome lines of all time. And um, somebody else that's in the movie, mm-hmm. um, she has the most, especially back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't act as much. She has the most wonderful, translucent, hypnotic eyes. Um, mm-hmm. Meg Foster, mm-hmm. and. If you don't know who this is, look it up. Look up Meg Foster from the 80s. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, um, The Abyss, James Cameron's The Abyss is obviously the, the best of all these underwater working, mm-hmm. coming in contact with creatures, alien movies. But um, Leviathan is uh, it's so silly. <laughs> but that's the point of this list. But it's so freaking entertaining. Um, I don't know if this is going to be um, uh, a trend through the list, but... Um, Peter Weller, it's, it's good to see him, especially back in the day, not being a RoboCop suit because he's, he's yep. a good actor. He's actually a very good actor, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So and um, I think this is probably one of his first movies after the original RoboCop. And um, yeah, and it's this great, silly fun. You got this monster chasing him around and um, great creature effects. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's basically it. It's just another goofy movie yeah. um, that came out in 1989 about underwater monsters. Um, it, it's wild man i haven't seen it probably since i was a kid but it was like <laughs> I, I remember having like this weird phase where and, and abyss is the perfect kind of like lead into it where i was like obsessed with like a lot of deep ocean stuff when i was like, yeah. like seven or eight and then i saw the abyss and i was like oh my god are there more movies like this and yeah and then i ended up i remember renting the abyss from or sorry renting leviathan from like my, my neighborhood video store and like mm-hmm. having my mind blown because it's like a little bit more on like that sci-fi horror element. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a, what a great pick. I was not expecting that. Cool. <laughs> Very cool pick, man. So 24% on Rotten Tomatoes, kids. Fuck the critics. Don't listen to that. <laughs> man, 24%. That's yeah. right. So my next pick actually is another 24% movie on Rotten Tomatoes. And I don't care because I love it. And I have fond memories of it. And going yeah, to see it opening this. weekend. Yeah. Uh, came out in 2000. I I didn't know that up until basically I was making my list here right before we kind of jumped on our call that this film was directed by Brian De Palma Palma. had no idea that this was directed Mm -hmm. by Mr. Scarface himself, who has had like the most odd filmography of all time Uh, mission to Mars. Okay. So get this. And this is the plot, by the way, we're two years behind where we're supposed to be according to this movie, the plot in 2020, the Mars one mission launches for planet Mars commanded by, Luke Graham, Don Cheadle. And upon arrival, the team discovers a bright white formation in the Sidonia region of Mars, which they suspect as an extrusion from a subsurface geothermal column of water. Okay, so that might be useful for future human colonization. The exploration goes ar- goes completely awry. Pardon me. So, American astronaut, fuck yeah, American astronaut, Jim McConnell, Gary Sinise, helps to coordinate a rescue mission for his colleagues only to uncover more than he could have ever expected on the surface. <laughs> um, this movie is like, it's, <laughs> I, I was obsessed with astronomy as a kid. And I think this came out like the summer that I turned 13. Um, and I was like, we have to go see this opening night. And I took my poor father to see this and he was just so 
not thrilled about it <laughs> and it sunk and like i i have i own this movie on dvd like i still got it in the living room somewhere i adore this movie brian de palma makes it made no sense for this man to direct this film yeah um because he's so not about special effects and like um these sets that clearly like are all like very early cg and and um and green screen and stuff so like there's like a weird kind of uncomfortable like direction to it and like how the film's edited but god damn it it's entertaining it's it's awful but it is so goddamn fun like <laughs> if you actually sit through it like there's parts of it like i don't i don't know what was being thought out as it was being written but it's great man so um have you seen this one i saw this one in theaters like, yeah i see you know what i'm talking yeah. about <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I dragged my poor father to it. And like, I remember him just looking at me and being like, oh my God. I think it's like two hours and 10 minutes too. So poor mm. fella. But oh, yeah, it's man. been a while. Uh, ooh, I, I, I'm hoping you got a few more picks here in, in line with like some of these yeah. late, late 80s, <laughs> early 90s ones. I'm excited, man. I'm very excited. What do you got next on yours? So uh, I wanted to say one thing about um, yeah. staying on Mission to Mars, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah please. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So Brian De Palma, like you said, um, he has a very versatile film. Yeah, uh, he's definitely in my top 10 of um, favorite directors. Yeah. yeah, he is, in my opinion, the king of the oneer, the um, oh. one shot, no takes. It, the movie <laughs> opens. I don't know yeah. if you remember at a birthday party. Yeah. And it starts from, um, I think it was Don Cheadle coming out of the car, going yep. all the way through the house into the backyard. Yep. Um, so it's one thing I want to put in this movie mm -hmm. the movie i hate i even hate saying this because um mm -hmm. the movie is bad <laughs> yeah, yeah but it's so amazing um to look at yes totally agree so i'm gonna say one more thing we get off this howard yeah. hawks um yeah. old school director he said um what makes a good movie and his quote for that his answer is three good scenes no bad ones mm -hmm. this movie has one great scene in my opinion, yeah. and that's the scene when um, um, oh wow, we got two movies with um, with Tim Robbins on the list, right? Which was oh yeah, Howard the Duck, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Tim Robbins and yeah. um, Connie Nel Connie Nelson, um, yeah. he gets um, blown off into space where they can't reach him, and they're trying to rescue him. Yeah, and not spoiling what happens that scene, you know that scene. I think oh, yeah. that is a fantastic scene yep yep then everything else is and, then everything, <laughs> and then it takes a left turn yeah um well said man very well said but yeah, yeah de palma's de palma's got such like an interesting style of direct like okay so i'm just i pulled up his filmography real quick everybody mm -hmm. if you have not experienced brian de palma's like I, I would call him his top five, and you, this is very debatable i want you to really chime in on this my yeah. top five for de palma's uh carrie scarface untouchables um that, so you know what i like i loved carlito's way growing up and it mm. doesn't really hold up so <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna say uh carrie scarface untouchables mission impossible mm. and mm, oh okay hold on I'll, I'll go oh this is tough i'll say <laughs> have you ever seen snake eyes Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good old Nicholas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> it's Cage at like the peak of his caginess. Yes, it's um, no, that's the perfect way to put it. And like it's great. Like it's actually a super entertaining movie. Mm -hmm. Uh but yeah, but again, like De Palma's got like this really 
interesting way of directing and like i think it was because it was a disney movie where like they're like yeah no we need you to make a film like this and then he's so apprehensive about changing how he actually makes film that like right. it, it makes for kind of two different two different movies man like it's a very interesting mission to mars is a very interesting movie um continuing on man what's uh what's your next one all right so now yeah. where i'm at number three mm-hmm. Number three on my list is um, probably, no, it's not the most recent. It's mm. um, one of the most recent. So, oh, this movie could have been, this movie should have been a sequel. Yeah. So, 2017's directed by Luke Basson. Okay, okay. <laughs> Valerian. Oh, I know where you're going. I know. <laughs> Valerian <laughs> in a city of a thousand planets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let me tell you the one thing that ruins this movie, mm-hmm. I think collectively for everybody, mm-hmm. are the leads. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yep. I like Dane DeHaan. So do I. Kara Delevingne. Yeah. Let's be, let's be gentle to her. Let's be gentle. She, oh. <laughs> you know, when she's not hula hooping, fighting yep. the Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> she's in this they and i think kara is a decent actress i agree but they have zero percent chemistry in this none it was like watching paint dry oh my god um yeah. and what i meant by this should have been a sequel they should have just made a second fifth element movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. and it's funny um you mentioned about um movies independent movies having huge budgets yep. this was a, a very um independent movie um i think it was um uh, mostly financed by um, french um that's correct financiers but yeah 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 so it was catastrophic did you hear what happened to that company that that financed it uh i would imagine they fell off the face of the earth they went yeah they went bankrupt completely they ended up losing mm. something along the lines of like 140 million dollars on that man because they had everything riding on it yeah so. and, and they really should have got i mean if you're going to have that much riding on it, I'm sorry. I mean, you want to get a young, give these young actors a chance, but you got to play it safe when that much money's on the line. Yeah. And it just didn't work out. It's, it's, it's oh, man. like trying to see them and they're arguing and, and they're trying to develop there. It's just, mm. but uh, the movie itself, everything else around them, I think is fantastic. Um, The story could be a little generic at times, but yeah. Um, once again, it's another great movie to look at, and um, totally awesome world building, and it, it, this really could have been something. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's they 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 really dropped the ball, crapped the bed, have whatever you want to say <laughs> when they cast these two to be the leads. <laughs> that that really, yeah, I think that really brought the movie down. Um, yeah. The action sequences are um, for the most part um, fantastic. There's one scene in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen the movie? Oh yeah, I saw it opening weekend, right. man. I oh, went man. with a friend of mine and being like, "Oh, this like I was like my mind, I was like, this is gonna be like a great like Fifth Element esque yeah. film." And it was like, "Oh my god, why?" And then <laughs> so, but yeah, like is the scene um the action scene in question is when um the Dane DeHaan character is running through the different cities and yeah. the, the planets and when that was one of the most awesome scenes, and I saw this in IMAX. It was like great but mm-hmm. it comes to a screeching halt whenever they have to have <laughs> whenever they have to interact with each other like man and yeah. it's you know it's sad um they're both in a world 
Yeah. No, go ahead. No, like you said, Dane's a great actor, man. Like he's a yeah. phenomenal actor. If you if nobody believes that, go see the place, but the place beyond the pines. Oh um, yeah, with him and Gosling and Cooper. Oh my God, that is a showcase of how great of an actor he is. So please it continue. Is. I apologize for uh, no, no, that's all so, good. Yeah. But no, that's it. There's nothing. There's nothing else. Um. Uh, yeah, you can really say about it. I was gonna um, say um, it's nowhere near an original movie, but um, no, no. Well, so did you know it's based on like a French comic? Did you? Yeah. Did you, so like, uh, there was like a lot of IP, like power behind this over in Europe, yeah. and I think that's why they dumped so much money into it. With uh, well, like, as I'm reading here, uh, one hundred. Uh, it was again the the budget of one hundred and ninety seven million euros mm. is the largest ever assembled for a French film independently. So reception, as you were saying, it uh, it did not do well, man. Oh my god, it was forty million in the U.S. and Canada, and then uh, I guess so. I mean, it, it did well overseas. One hundred eighty-four million yeah. point one hundred eighty-four point seven million internationally uh, for a worldwide mm. total of two hundred twenty-five million dollars. Unfortunately, with the production budget of one hundred ninety-seven right. million euros or one hundred eighty million, that ratio, American, it needed to gross four hundred million dollars worldwide to break even. And right to break it, even <laughs> yeah and it got dumped on by the critics mm-hmm. so again you know it happens so uh <laughs> despite the film being a disappointment director luke basson claims a sequel is still possible due to positive fan reaction <laughs> quoted in 19 sorry not 19 and quoted in 2021 oh luke i think you've been drinking a lot but uh anyways <laughs> Moving along, man. That's a good pick. You know what? It's a fun movie. It is a fun movie. Shut your brain yeah. off. If you don't have to actually absorb the chemistry of the two of them, which is right. non-existent. It's and I'll tell you this much for uh, people watching and listening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty good reference movie. Um, I'm yeah. a home theater guy, and it yeah. looks great, and it sounds great. Cool. Just pop on one of the action scenes, but don't mm-hmm. sit down from beginning <laughs> to end if you want your company to stay. But <laughs> I think it's like two and a half hours long, too, isn't it? Yeah. So... I, I want you to wrap up the show. So you know what I'm actually going to get you to do, my friend, is I want you to uh, drop your number two because my number two and my number one kind of coincide with one another. And I want you to wrap up the show. So you're going to go your two. I'm going to go my two one. And then you're going to finish off the show with your number one, please. So All right. So all right. we're going with, yeah, there we go. Yeah. We're going to go with, um, oops, my number two was my number three. Oh, sorry, what, what, what was oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I got um I got a list. Number two, definitely. Uh so this one is uh mm. the most recent one. No. From 2019. All right. Another big director. Mm-hmm, another mm-hmm. big actor. Another big budget. <laughs> Will Smith. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Gemini man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Gemini man. Like I said, another big director. Um Angley. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what the budget was, but it had to be huge. <laughs> $138 million budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It literally was uh, so, not, not cheap, kids. Not cheap. <laughs> no. So, and um, one of these experimental, um, Ang Lee for the last couple of his movies has been experimenting on um, filming techniques. So they filmed this movie in a high frame rate. Yes. Oh my God, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I believe 60 frames per second um, they shot this movie yet. And I'll tell you, once again, I was talking about um, reference movies to show off your how good your TV looks. This movie looks spectacular. Yeah, spanfastic. Yeah, you go. <laughs> spanfabulous. 
craptacular. But man, <sighs> you attach the most generic, boring, <laughs> bad book story mm-hmm. to this concept of a movie. Yeah. Oh my god. And it just it brings it to the action scenes. Once again, um, there's one great action scene in particular. Um motorcycle. You could if you don't own this movie. I'm sorry, I've been taking money money out of people's pockets. Just <laughs> the scene is in its entirety on YouTube in yeah. um, 4K. Oh, is it? Yeah, and you can watch it this way. It's the scene with the motorcycle and okay, okay. And if um people they're without spoiling too much. So mm-hmm. basically, Will Smith, an older Will Smith mm-hmm. in his 50s, is fighting a younger version of himself who's cloned to mm-hmm. be the better version of him. Yeah. And um, and it's a it's, it's great. The yeah, some of the effects are a little yeah. Yeah. When, yeah, the when it age and effects when it gets to points where um uh it's like dark so the cave scene for example where they're fighting yeah. the special effects get a little shoddy there and it's like yeah Ooh. yeah okay you guys <laughs> spent all the money on like the big action <laughs> scenes right earlier which is okay because those look phenomenal so continue please no but that's it it's just um this this story is like no, yeah, let's put all this money special effects action yeah. will smith uh we got everything what about the story? How oh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yes. hey, it, it could have been it could have been great. It's yeah, but it it just this mediocre, another mediocre big budget movie with a big name attached to it. So but it looks phenomenal. I remember going this. I actually got an um in Toronto, so I, I got mm-hmm. free tickets to the premiere, the Canadian premiere of this film, and I was on the roof, man. Like I was so excited for this. Like I was like, this is gonna be Will. Yeah. We've got this coming out, and then Bad Boys for Life coming out in two oh, three yeah. months. And again, it was October 2019. Yeah. So like I was so freaking excited for this movie. And Ang Lee showed up, got to got to like you know, do like a wave with him. We were sitting in like oh, the wow. fifth or sixth row. He did some questions, phenomenal, fucking great experience. And again, like it there's parts of this that looked amazing absolutely amazing in, in mm-hmm. this avx theater they call it um audio visual experience theater here oh. in toronto uh cineplex cinemas which is basically like our, our version of amc for you guys mm. and uh at times i was like oh my god like this this is phenomenal like the, again the the action set pieces are great uh but man what a snooze fest of a story like i called it from like probably like i'd say 15 or 20 minutes in my buddy gavin who's been a guest on the show here a couple mm-hmm. times and i was like here's what's gonna happen and he's like nah man and i was like i'm telling you right now this is what's gonna happen they spent all the money on smith's budget or sorry on smith's salary yeah and, and the few de-aging things that they needed and a few of the action set pieces and obviously again like you said that 120 frames per second yeah. um that like it, it suffers like it really really suffers but it had such potential man like such yeah. potential so <laughs> Uh, it's a great pick, great pick. I, you know what? I haven't watched it since it came out. I think I might give it another shot, especially considering all the all the stuff that's um, uh, gone on uh, again since that. Like I, the fact that I can probably watch it 4K on my on my TV would look really yeah. killer. So, but uh, good pick, man. Really good pick. So, uh, I'm jumping into my number. I missed one. I'm jumping into my number three here now because I've already given you Tomorrow War and Mission to Mars. And I'm going to fast track through this one really quickly here. Okay. So this is a really good mix of everything that makes one of my favorite video game aspects cool, which (laughs) is Call of Duty um, and the franchise itself. But there's a little more story to it, obviously. Right. So Overlord came out in, I think it was October. Actually, it might have even been a November Thanksgiving weekend, 2018. Mm. 
directed by Julius Avery. Uh, and Overlord is basically a story of uh, the eve of D-Day in 1944. A paratrooper squad is sent to destroy a German radio jamming tower at an old church. And once their plane is shot down, they end up discovering that this small town that is circulating around this radio jamming tower has some seriously dark Nazi experiments and secrets going on uh, that could sway the war in ways that they never ever thought possible. This is such a cool fucking mix of like really good, like really good war um, or perspective on war, especially with like the D-Day element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, an, and an integrated basically like, uh, white paratroopers and and black paratroopers and like just the dynamic and the relationship that they have and then yeah. you inject like horror nazi zombies and like the science aspect of it and like it goes totally overboard and it is such a fun <laughs> goofy film uh really good performance from wyatt russell uh, another one from uh luke I, i'm gonna screw it at luke davis luke donald hold on one second i'm gonna goof this hold on hold on <laughs> hold on sorry I should have wrote it down beforehand and cut all this part out. Luke, 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 Luke. I mean, White Russell, who's Kurt Russell's kid. And then mm-hmm. it is, do you know who I'm talking about here? I'm missing uh, somebody. I do. Um, ah. Yeah, it's a Luke. I'm trying to look it up to her. Sorry. Is it Derek Luke? Derek, no, Derek Luke. Sorry, it's oh, yeah, Derek, Derek Luke. Luke. Yeah. It is Derek Luke. My bad. There <laughs> you go. Okay, Derek Luke. Yeah. So anyways, great movie uh really enjoyed it seen a bunch of times like it's kind of been like one of those movies i can put on in the background and like thoroughly enjoy uh it it just reminds me of basically something like from a video game man so if you guys haven't seen it i i believe it's on prime it's not on netflix but give overload a lot overlord a watch it's a lot of fun so all right (laughs) into sir your uh your number two right no, sorry. What do you want? Are we on uh, your is number, it number one? one? Are we on your number one? Oh, yeah. Okay, wait. I want to. I want you to finish off. You oh yeah. To be the, the piece, the cherry on top of all this. So, <laughs> my number one uh, going into, uh, I should say, kind of jumping off of Overlord. My number one's a two-parter. So my number one and my number two. Okay. Uh, I don't know why they went back to this franchise, mm-hmm. but you've got IP that is so uh, popular. And after the train wreck that was Alien versus Predator, you've got 20th Century Fox sitting on the Alien property. And Ridley Scott comes back and delivers not one, but two Alien films in Prometheus and Alien Covenant. Now, Mm. Prometheus is more the science fiction film, I would say, the more garbage sci-fi that we've been talking (laughs) about this whole episode. (laughs) Alien Covenant, and I, I just rewatched it actually, probably about two or three months right before Christmas, two or three months ago, um, right before Halloween, I should say. Pardon me. It's it's actually a phenomenal horror movie. It is such a great, like, well done, slow burn. But once it gets going, like, it gets really terrifying. Uh, uh, horror movie, but Prometheus is just a train wreck. That like, <laughs> I love. Like, it's so bad that like I tell people all the time that it is such a good science fiction movie, knowing full well that it's not. But I just want to see their reactions after they've actually sat through it. Yeah. Uh, Naomi Rapace, Rapace, pardon me. Uh, Guy yeah. Pierce, Idris Elba, Charlize Theron. Uh, there's a ton of people in this film that like you will recognize even just in, in the supporting cast and uh, it's phenomenal. You do a back-to-back of Prometheus and Covenant and you're just a, a kind of blown away that one of those is really good and one of those is really bad. But like, <laughs> again, it fits this garbage sci-fi topic that we have at hand today. And uh, yeah, man, 
it uh, it takes a lot of missteps and there's a lot of questions and Damon and Lindelof, uh, I don't care how much flack he got for this. I think it's a great movie. So uh, I will now get your two cents on it, sir. When was the last time you watched uh, this tandem? <laughs> I'm going to start with... um. I saw Alien Covenant very recently. I only yeah. saw it once when it came out. Same. It was an interesting okay. movie. It was the last movie I saw okay. um, being a resident in um, the city of Chicago. Okay. okay. And, and then I moved. Um, so I didn't initially like it at mm-hmm. all Same. when I first saw it. Then I recently watched it recently as in, uh, I think during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I came to... Mm, appreciate like it and um for the reasons you said i yeah. um start on okay i saw the approach uh-huh. i went in alien covenant um expecting um something else yeah <laughs> but um i do like it more than i like prometheus a lot of people and, say that um, yeah but prometheus is is all over the place <laughs> it's it's such a dumpster fire yeah. That like I, I I own it on Blu-ray, man. It's one of the few Blu-rays oh, yeah. I've still got. But like, I love it. I, I yeah, it takes such uh, a gigantic home run swing yeah. and misses completely. <laughs> and like I adore everything that it was trying to do. That it bobbles and the the characters don't make any sense with their decisions. No. Um, I I could go on and on about all the the bad plot points and and how poorly yeah, it's, it's written it's, but it's yeah. beautiful to look at it's got yeah. cool concepts and it sets up alien covenant <laughs> which essentially has a lot more explanation to the whole mythology of the xenomorphs and, mm-hmm. and basically how it all gets created man so yeah. and that course, is my, um, my my number one slash number 1. 1.5 pick <laughs> prometheus slash alien covenant covenant double uh, double feature so you're gonna say something. I apologize for interrupting. Oh no, that's all good. I just want to say, and of course, Michael Fassbender in both movies. Yeah. Oh yeah, and um, it probably won't happen. I was kind of uh, peed off because um, you can really Scott just was the reason. Out. Just say it. You're pissed <laughs> off. It's all right, man. We don't. No, we don't. pissed <laughs> off because really Scott was the reason that. Yeah. The um, I forget the director's name. He was gonna make a direct sequel to Aliens. Uh, Neil Blomkamp. Yeah. Neil there you go. Yeah. You yes. Go. And um, that got nip, nipped in the bud because of Ridley Scott. And I was like, okay, if that's it, let Ridley Scott finish his um trilogy from Prometheus then. Yes. I'm curious to see where they will go from Alien Covenant, given the ending. Yes, 100%. And, yeah. yeah, but that's, that's all I got to say about that. I mean, yeah, you can't leave us. I hate, that's one thing I hate when cliffhangers don't have follow-ups <laughs> unless it was designed not to have one but this one yeah. was obviously designed to have them they were going guns ablaze this was a may, yeah. re- may release the weekend before memorial day 2017 or 2018 like this um, was yeah. supposed to make gangbusters money and i think it if i remember correctly sorry 2017 it made less money than prometheus on a budget that i think was also a little bit less but they had right. like anticipated that it was gonna like the studio it was gonna make like two or three hundred million dollars because it was going back to like that horror mm-hmm. sci-fi rather than that like you know action sci-fi that prometheus really presented so but yeah i mean like it still got my attention like if they if ridley scott all of a sudden like you know, he's only got a few movies left in him let's be honest and like yeah if he all of a sudden was like oh, we're gonna make a third alien movie i'd be like sign me up i'll be there opening night uh yeah but yeah it's it's just it's it's one of those properties where I think to myself, what could have been that project that you mentioned with Blomkamp? Blomkamp, yeah. sorry. 
in what it would have looked like. And if this is what we got instead, I'm not mad. I'm just still curious. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, definitely, yeah. Uh, and he's been releasing a lot of stuff too. It was the what his um his fourth alien movie would have looked like. Have you uh have you have you seen any of that online? Oh yeah, I saw um those um yeah those sketches or um images. Yeah, yeah. and it's a missed opportunity. Um, right. Yeah, and chances are, I mean, given you know the Disney acquisition, that mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. not gonna happen. Never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. So. I mean, um, really, Scott's third movie or yeah, uh, Blom Camp's uh, movie. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I wonder. Unfortunate. If, sorry. Go ahead. I, no, no. I, that was just saying. That's unfortunate for for both. I wonder if because Ridley's really like a a, a staple over at 20th Century Fox. Well, I guess it's called what 20th uh, Century Studios. 20th Century Studios now. <laughs> um, like they, they gave him what 200 almost 225 million dollars this last year for Last Duel and House of Gucci. Yeah. Was, was wait, House of Gucci was 20th Century Fox, I think. I might be wrong on that. My apologies. But anyways, point being is like, he's still got his foot in the door over at Disney, man. Like, they love him over yeah. there. So maybe, you know, and weirder shit's happened. Uh, I mean, for God's sakes, we got a, we got a, we got a Space Jam sequel 25 years later. But that's neither here nor there. And that's not a garbage sci-fi. Actually, it's garbage, but it's not a sci-fi movie. I want you to wrap it up, Bert. Take us home, brother. Uh, what is your number one pick for today's All right. garbage sci-fi <laughs> <laughs> if I was to say Keanu Reeves was in, was in a movie with Ice T and Dolph Lundgren, would you know what movie I'm talking about? <laughs> Take me home. <laughs> All right, I know so exactly where this is going. And 1995. So... Oh my God. Uh, sci-fi action movie Johnny yes. Mnemonic. Yes. <laughs> yes. Fuck yeah. Oh, Eric, this is why I wanted to have you on the show, man. I need, <laughs> I need this this realm of of just knowledge to come and punch me right in the face sorry keep going <laughs> no but um once again a movie i saw uh in theaters in 1995 um mm-hmm. back in chicago <laughs> and and i remember back then i didn't know what the hell it was and um 1995 i was um a teenager so mm-hmm. i'm a little older than you mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm not by much everyone not by much okay <laughs> Of course, I know who Keanu Reeves was. Yeah. This is 95, so Speed was um his last big movie the year before. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm Keanu Reeves. I don't need to know what it's about. Saw with my brother, and wow, I was a confused <laughs> mess <laughs> after I saw this movie. And I recently tried I tried to watch it recently, and it is still just like uh, it's I imagine I've never done acid before. <laughs> But I imagine <laughs> this is what an, uh, a bad acid trip has to be like. That is going to be the clip that I take out and put on social media. <laughs> oh, it's like uh, this movie is so many things happening and you could tell they were going for something. But uh, have you have you seen this movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, it came. Yeah. Uh, here, true story. It came out on my birthday in 1995. It was released on the May long weekend uh, in 1995. And I remember wanting to go see it and my dad wouldn't let me go see it. very, very soft spot. Sorry, sore spot for me as a, mm. as a young boy. But continue. So I have seen it. I didn't ended up. I ended up dipping my toe in the Johnny Mnemonic oh, pool. Man. And uh, what a fucking train wreck. Anyways, yeah. continue. So, but no, it's um. Oh man. Yeah, and it was based on um. Uh, last time I checked, um, I think um the person who wrote 
the original was Canadian, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't like proudly tell people that, but like, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's this movie is just it's an it's a, a narrative mess. Um, editing just is all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I'm not spoiling anything of anybody. So the ending. No, no, no. It's like a bad video game, the ending. So Keanu Reeves, he fights. There's numerous different antagonists in the movie. Dolph Lundgren, I mentioned, as the main one. And then there's the henchman. Mm-hmm. Like, he fights one. And then, like, ah. Like I said, bad video game. He fights one. Then another one comes up. Like, ha-ha. You thought it was over. <laughs> and then the other one comes up. Yeah. Like, oh, you forgot about me. It's just a mess <laughs> it's a train wreck and like but, it, but say it it's entertaining as hell so. it's so entertaining yeah. and we use the we use the word though an example train wreck yeah. and unfortunately you know we we drive past a wreck and we want to look at it exactly exactly <laughs> just but FYI. It's, it's keanu reeves even back in the day yeah. um he had this aura about him perfectly said and he that he still it still exists today. Yep. And it's good watching him <laughs> try to just chug through this movie. <laughs> he was <laughs> Which on a he roll, obviously. Man. Yeah. And Dolph Lundgren, I don't know, his <laughs> character, the psychotic preacher homeless. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, it's like a cross between like a um like a, a monk homeless man who is supposed to almost kind of come off as crazy but all of a yeah. sudden ends up getting like this following <laughs> but this following. It, and the oh, movie man. um came out around this time when um i don't know for the younger viewers um mm-hmm. so i almost had another movie on his list and um i'm like wait a minute there's another movie that I like a little bit better um so i almost put lawnmower man on this list oh yo it almost made it it almost <laughs> made it I, that is so funny you mentioned that that is the definition of 90s trash yeah, that is so oh un- man yeah and so virtual virtual reality in the early 90s was it was yep. a thing yep and you could tell this um these movies <laughs> like lawnmower man and yeah. johnny mnemonic was just coming right when people were starting to just not give a damn about it yep which is probably why this movie flopped <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a lot yeah. of that in there um you go back to it you're like what is this and mm-hmm. but it was it was something back in the day when it came out yeah yeah, 26, 27 years ago. Like, wow. Can we just go through Keanu's filmography for a second? He's kind of like in the 90s, like a yeah, one for me, one for you type of thing. Get this. Listen, so we got <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in 89. Mm-hmm. Uh, two movies in 90 that nobody's heard of. 91. Point Break, Bill and Ted's and... Po- Bogus Jersey, bo- Bogus yeah. Journey, sorry, and My Own Private Idaho. 92. B- gravely miscast in Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, <laughs> 93, also very boldly, boldly miscast and much ado about nothing. Oh, 94, man. Speed. 95, Johnny Mnemonic. Mm-hmm. 96, again, another misstep, Chain Reaction. And oh, then wow. we get Devil's Advocate, The Matrix, and his kind of like role through the 2000s where like he was making movies that were like popular, like The Replacements and Hardball. Mm-hmm. And something's got to give, but like nothing's like to the level that was like the Matrix. Uh, no. And then it kind of putters out a little bit through the for the mid two thousands yeah. there, man. So I love him. I absolutely. He yes. was in Toronto for the Matrix Resurrections. Or sorry, not. Oh God, that's also a turd. Uh, Matrix. <laughs> uh, what the hell was the new one? 
uh, yeah, Resurrections. Resurrections. Oh, yeah, right. Resurrections. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. For the premiere, and and uh, he popped into our theater. Really nice guy. Really, really nice guy. Yeah. So very down to earth, but um, get well, yeah, Canadian up. Canadian royalty, buddy. Oh man, <laughs> we love him up here. We love him up here. Probably him and Jim Carrey, man. Nobody will ever say anything bad about those two fellows. Oh so, yeah. But uh, brother, uh, that wraps up. Can you go one to five for all of our listeners and let them know what your picks are? I can all go. right, so. <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic <laughs> at number one <laughs> that we just <laughs> talked about Jim, Gemini Man <laughs> oh, Will Smith Clunker Valerian in a City of a Thousand Planets mm-hmm. Leviathan and Howard the Duck oh yeah <laughs> that's a, quite a list <laughs> that is quite a list number five coming in for me Tomorrow War number four Mission to Mars number three Overlord Overlord pardon me Overlord <laughs> Uh, and then number two, I had both Prometheus and Alien Covenant kind of coming in at the one, two spot shared as a double feature. Mm-hmm. So, oh man, what a list. That was fun, brother. That was really fun. Oh man. yeah. I liked it. <laughs> we got to do this again. Um, that being said, where can people find you and, uh, where can people get your podcast from more importantly? Ah, excellent. So people could find me Sigmund cinema, um, mm-hmm. across Instagram, Mm-hmm. Twitter, yep. Letterboxd, if you're on there. Yeah, yeah. And the podcast, which is um, named after myself, because I am mm. obviously have a huge ego. <laughs> <laughs> My podcast, the Sigmund Cinema Podcast. Yeah. Uh, you can find that through uh, Good Pods, if you have that app. But if you don't have Good Pods, you can find that on anchorfm.com. Or you can find it on Podchaser. So, um, okay. Yeah, or Google it, the Sigmund Cinema Podcast. It'll come right up, and um, it's on Spotify also. Uh, oh, it's Google on Spotify podcast. and Google and everything. Yeah, awesome. It's, um, across a bunch of um platforms. So perfect. But perfect. um, yeah, and like um, Kurt here, um, and my podcast, um, yeah, just you don't have to write a, a lengthy Cisco and Ebert style review, just a star rating. Every yep. little bit helps for um, us indie podcasters. Totally, totally. Yeah, and every well, single yeah. one of them counts for us, guys. It really, really helps. You'd be amazed what two or three or four reviews do uh, mm-hmm. and to help us just get into more ears and onto more eyes uh, over time. So, yeah, uh, Eric, thanks so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it, brother, uh, for your time. This was a lot of fun. We got to do this again. Guys, if you have not uh, checked out Eric's pod, Please check it out. I'll put a link in the description for my episode here uh, across all platforms, as well as to Eric's uh, social media and Twitter. Uh, any last comments, my friend? Um, no, just um, thanks cool. for having me on. Enjoyed it very much. Yeah, and yes, the, Thank the you. power of garbage cinema, garbage <laughs> sci-fi to be. <laughs> there you go. No, it's powerful. But yeah, yeah. you know, um, but I do want to say one thing because I yeah. had this conversation with somebody else before we go. Um, they, there can be a balance, okay? I like The Godfather, but obviously I also like Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> you can do both. There's no shame in it. Exactly. There can it's be a balance. About, exactly. All about balance <laughs> and making sure you're having fun while exactly. you're watching movies. That's my number one thing. I, if I can turn go. my yeah. brain off and I can be entertained at the end of the day, that's all I'm looking for. So ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up. Uh, and that kicks off season three of the top five film dive. Uh, thank you to all of you guys who made 2021 as a big success. 
got a lot coming. Uh, our schedule is packed here. Uh, my schedule is packed here. Pardon me for 2022. We got uh, three episodes in two weeks coming out. Eric and I here, we got one coming up this weekend regarding Jackass forever and top five slapstick comedy. We got one coming up about slashers uh, with uh, Mr. Stephen Murphy, AKA nocturnal reviews, where we're going to be discussing the new screen film, which I know you've seen Eric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Definitely. am going to see it tomorrow because theaters have been closed for the last month. In oh, Canada. Yeah, that's right. So tomorrow afternoon at two o'clock, I got a, I got a showing. And I hope I'm the only person in that movie theater. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. uh, and a bunch of other stuff coming out in the next couple of weeks, guys. Obviously, we're kind of on the uh, road to bigger films. We got the Batman coming out March 4th and a few other ones in April. Please check back on the top five social, or sorry, top five film dive social media uh, for reviews, for edits, for just fun, as Eric was saying. Uh, and if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please DM me. We're always looking for fresh voices and fresh opinions here on the show. That wraps up, my friend. And I will see you soon, Eric. Talk to you guys later. All right. Pleasure.